Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. You learn a lot about a person when you have to compete against them. Four. Disgraceful. This is a catastrophe. I missed the shot. One false move and boom, you're in a world of suffering. That's how it works in this game. That was my husband, Nick. We were driving from Los Angeles to San Francisco and ended up finding a mini golf course in Sunnyvale, about an hour from home. It was called Golfland and had a kind of tiki meets safari meets nautical theme that is just as confusing in person as it sounds when I describe it. From the very beginning of the game, Nick got really competitive. More competitive than I've ever seen him, actually. That was an evil, evil hole. That almost made me use profanity in front of children. And I took a seven, which is the legal maximum. Instead of finishing. Wow, I couldn't stand there and humiliate myself anymore. And here's the thing. I'm really competitive. That's why I married someone that I didn't think was competitive. That is until we played mini golf. I do think you naturally compete with your partner or spouse even if you say you don't? Little things like who did more dishes, changed more diapers, who makes more money, who spends more money. There are little checklists that we never even acknowledge, but they exist. While I was watching Nick get more and more fired up on the mini golf course, I was thinking about competition. And this story I read last year, It was written by Susan Slusser. She's the baseball reporter for the San Francisco Chronicle covering the Oakland A's. Even if you don't know much about baseball, bear with me for a minute. Susan's story was about a trade. She wrote about the right fielder, Stephen Piscotti, getting traded to the Oakland A's from the St. Louis Cardinals. It was a big deal. Then... Later that day, Susan got scooped by the rival newspaper on the follow-up story. This reporter named Dan Brown got the first interview from the A's owner. That's when Susan Slusser tweeted this. Scooped on the bean reaction by the hubby. Divorce proceedings imminent. See, Dan Brown and Susan Slusser aren't just reporters at rival newspapers. They've been married for nearly 19 years to each other. And Dan Brown? Well, he just scooped his wife. 
Their story kind of put our mini-golf rivalry into perspective. I'm Joe Piazza. This is Committed. I'm Susan Slusser. I am the Oakland A's beat writer for the San Francisco Chronicle. I'm Dan Brown, otherwise known as Mr. Susan Slusser. I'm a senior sports writer at the San Jose Mercury News. So Susan's not just any old baseball beat reporter. She happens to be one of the very best baseball beat reporters in the business. Her job is to know baseball so well that she makes writing about it look easy, when in reality it's anything but. In 2012, she was elected as the first ever woman to serve as the president of the Baseball Writers Association of America, an organization that's been around for more than a century and never been led by a woman. This is Dan describing what it was like when his wife became the president. She was kind of introduced at the World Series, and it happened to be the year the Giants and Tigers were playing in the World Series. The council in two. So I was there, too, to see her coronation and endure the First Lady jokes. But, you know, I'm proud of that. It's a neat part of history. And I like the way that she puts the job first, her gender second. You stay at the same place the Hall of Famers stay, and you kind of go to all the parties that they go to. And Dan got to come for that, and that experience was incredible. I think that made it all worthwhile for you, all the First Lady Yeah, jokes. I mean, when she gave her speech to introduce the writer, she does, though, on the Hall of Fame stage in front of the Hall of Famers. So my childhood idols like Dave Winfield and Robin Yount are in the background, which is cool enough. And then they're laughing at Susan's jokes. So that was a little surreal and a very unusual marriage experience. And were you like, that's my wife, Hall of Famers. Check her out. How do you like me now? Susan and Dan sound really cute together right now. Adorable, even. But things aren't always so civilized between the two of them. They can't be. Their jobs, their livelihood, depends on beating each other on a regular basis. I'm incredibly competitive, and so, yes, for me, it's competitive. That's why when Dan is out doing A stuff, I'm usually not very happy about it. I don't want to have to crush him. I don't want to have to crush him, but I will. (laughs) For the record, Susan does not look like someone who would crush you. She has kind eyes and rusty red hair. When she smiles, she looks like a more approachable Julianne Moore. When I visited her and Dan at their home in San Carlos... Susan actually greeted me at the door with a basket of limes from her backyard. Someone who wants to crush you would never bring you a basket of limes from their backyard. Work Susan would not bring you limes. (laughs) (laughs) Not if you were a competitor, definitely not. I know I say this a lot, but Susan and Dan really should have been characters in a Nora Ephron romantic comedy. It's like, you've got mail... But so much better. Yes, this is a love story about rivals. 
but it's also a love story about something that is so near and dear to me. Print newspapers. See, I started my career in print at the New York Daily News. I love newspapers. I thought I would stay at newspapers for the rest of my life. And then the internet happened, and we all just started podcasts. But Dan and Susan's ink-stained romance wouldn't have been possible without newspapers. It starts with newspapers. Their love story began when Dan was a reporter for his college newspaper. Susan was a couple years older, and she was already covering college football for the Sacramento Bee. I saw her in the end zone and figured I'd just treat her like any other reporter and make a little chit-chat. So I walked up and said something like, hey, that quarterback had a good game or something. And she turned around and walked away. <laughs> I did. I did. I big league did. Without a sound. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's technically the story. There was much more backstory. But I was like, who is this guy? That's really why. It wasn't the big paper diss in the college paper. Yeah, the line we use Do- now is love at first slight. <laughs> <laughs> if love at first slight isn't the perfect name for a screwball romantic comedy about baseball and newspapers, then I really don't know what is. Susan finally decided to talk to Dan about four games later. He regaled me with stories about how he'd just turned 21 and had been out drinking the night before as if he had never, ever had a drink before until he turned 21. And I thought, oh, he's kind of sweet. So we started yeah. we started dating him a week or two after that. I mean, that's the thing about when you're on a sports beat is you can only escape people for so long. You're covering every game week after week. The press boxes, especially for Division II college football, aren't that huge. They started dating. They were both really ambitious, and they wanted to move up in the newspaper world. Susan ended up moving to Orlando to cover the Magic. That's a basketball team, by the way, for those of you who don't follow sports. Like my own husband. They made long-distance work. Then, in an effort to be together, Susan moved to Dallas to the morning news. The newspaper there said they'd take Dan, too, in a package deal. This was clearly a different time in newspapers, by the way. A time when newspaper staffs were so gigantic that you could say, hey, I've got a boyfriend, why don't you hire him, too? The sports staff was something crazy, like 35 people. I remember the Cowboys went to the Super Bowl that year, and they broke a record for most credentials for one newspaper, and I think it was 40 people. Which would be totally unheard of today. I mean, there were three and sometimes four sports sections on a Sunday at that Dallas Morning News. They had regular sports, they had pro football, college football, and high school football as sections. It was insane. But Dan actually turned that package deal down. He ended up staying in California and took a job at the San Jose Mercury News instead. I mean, look back now, it's preposterous that the Dallas Morning News offered me a job and I said, eh, I'll pass. But he did it. He passed. They stayed long distance since Susan was finally getting to cover exactly what she loved. Baseball. It had been her dream since she was a little girl. In 1972, Susan was six years old and her family moved to the Bay Area. That's back when the A's started winning the World Series every year. From then on, she was hooked. That's what she wanted to do with her life. I think when I was covering baseball in Texas, I certainly was the first woman they'd had covering baseball at the Dallas Morning News, which was at times problematic. But there weren't a lot around the country. Football, I think, is 
a little more reasonable if you want a home life. If you have kids, baseball is impossible. I don't know. I don't, frankly do not know how the male baseball writers with children do it. But covering baseball in Dallas changed Susan. See, at the time, the morning news was in this really cutthroat newspaper war with the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Newspaper wars end up making really good newspapers great newspapers. Competition matters in the newspaper world. I know because I did the exact same thing when I was at the New York Daily News and we were competing against the New York Post. It made me a better reporter, but it also made me kind of an asshole. She was always smart, always competitive by nature, but there was kind of a transformation when she started doing the baseball beat in Dallas because I think in order to survive that, you got to take the cutthroat mentality. So by the time she moved back to the Bay Area and we lived together again, there was a different Susan in my house. He always says Dallas made me mean, but it was so cutthroat and the vibe in the press boxes was really disagreeable, (laughs) to say at the least at times. So yeah, I think that did probably affect the way I covered things. I mean, I think that you know this from the newspaper business, that your people that you're around the most are your competitors. So, I mean, sometimes reporters don't talk to each other, even when they're sitting right next to each other. Sometimes there's blow-ups in the clubhouse over who should be allowed to talk to whom and who actually had that story first. And that's the kind of person that came back to California was somebody kind of accustomed to those press box wars. So um, I I really enjoyed everything about it, but the the atmosphere at the newspaper was uh, at times toxic. But I I did learn to be a better reporter. I've always been competitive. I was competitive through high school and college and straight-A student kind of thing. But it was definitely dialed up even more. Susan returned to the Bay Area in 1999 to cover the Oakland A's for the San Francisco Chronicle. After that, Dan proposed. He wanted to do it on the very football field where Susan had first snubbed him. The problem was Santa Clara didn't have a football team anymore, so it took some creativity to get her back to that very spot. Dan's creative. He figured out a ruse. He asked a fellow reporter and friend, Sam Farmer, to call Susan and say he'd left a very important notebook in Dan's car, and he needed the two of them to meet him at Santa Clara immediately. That's how Dan got Susan to the football field. I said, hey, let's, let's, let's walk out there. Got down on one knee, proposed, and then she didn't walk away this time, which was <laughs> showed just how much progress we've made, but she still didn't answer right away. Yeah, I was floored. I know, I like, it, things sort of started spinning behind him. I was like, what is happening? I really didn't catch on almost initially. And then I kept asking where Sam was. So really, yeah. I was very even confused. Even after I gave the ring, even after she'd said, yeah. She's like, well, so what time Sam getting him? <laughs> there is no Sam. We were all very the confused. The plan is We're not masterminds, <laughs> but it worked out. Susan's from Monterey, and her dad was in the Navy, so they got married there at the Naval Postgraduate School. Then we went to New Zealand for a honeymoon, which I'd always wanted to go to. We had to get married in the baseball offseason, which actually works out beautifully for uh, the Southern Hemisphere because it was just late spring going into early summer with baseball being, you know, off during the winter. Then, after they got married, Dan got this promotion. He had been working on the copy desk of the Mercury News, but now he was promoted to cover the San Francisco Giants. He and Susan were all of a sudden on the same beat. Baseball. 
We'll find out what happens when newlyweds find themselves at competing newspapers. When we get back from a short break. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. Now Susan and Dan are both covering baseball for rival newspapers. And remember, Susan came back from Dallas kind of a shark. So, you know, that's when we finally started kind of crossing paths because we're both covering baseball for the first time. So, Susan, what was it like for you to have Dan covering your beat? That was fine because he was doing the Giants, but it was tricky because he was doing the Giants and I was doing the A's, and they're not home at the same time. They have, you know, sort of alternate schedules unless they're playing each other. So spring training, interleague, those are the only times we really saw each other. Uh, We would do things like Dan would drop off the car at short-term parking and fly away, and I would fly home and pick up the car in short-term parking an hour later. That was not unusual. Their marriage was still pretty new, and of course they wanted to see each other as much as they possibly could. They'd find ways to meet up on the road while they were both at away games. We had met for lunch in Columbus, Ohio, when the Giants were playing in Cincinnati and the A's were playing in Cleveland, which was very romantic. <laughs> yeah, that was, it was three years, uh, and I'm not quite sure how we did that. It was challenging. I would not recommend that. For six months a year, we barely saw each other. So I'd hear, I'd get updates from other writers or other broadcasters, you know, John Miller, who at that time was doing a lot of the ESPN games, would see Susan like on a A's-Yankees game in August and then come back and say, you know, Susan said uh, she misses you and to water the plants. It was a lot of calls from the hotel, call you when I get back to the hotel kind of thing. Certainly weren't, couldn't call anybody from the plane or text or anything like that. So I think we counted one season where between April and October, you know, the crux of baseball season, we saw each other in person 23 days. Wow. And some of those were like half days where she'd fly in in the morning, we'd spend the time together, and I'd fly out that night. How do you do that? I mean, how do you keep a marriage strong through that? What's your strategy? What's your game plan? I mean, you could argue that it actually makes it healthier. A lot of times we tell people we've been married really like half the time because I travel full time with the A's, so I'm gone half the time during baseball season. I don't know if it keeps things fresh, but certainly if I'm getting irritating or something, he knows I'm going to leave in a week. <laughs> so <laughs> There are times when Susan will say, um, can you take me to the airport tomorrow? And I'll say, nothing would make me happier. <laughs> yeah. He usually does pick me up at the, at the airport when, he, you know, obviously if he's not working and it's so nice. I do miss you after I've been <laughs> gone for a week and a half or six weeks of spring training. There was a sports writing couple that I knew about halfway through a season. She stopped picking him up at the airport and we thought, "Uh uh-oh. 
it all worked out, but I think they were going through a rough patch. So you better keep picking me up at the airport. (laughs) There's actually this really great line in When Harry Met Sally about what it means when someone picks you up or drops you off at the airport. Like, what's the significance to that in your relationship? This is Harry. You take someone to the airport, it's clearly the beginning of a relationship. That's why I have never taken anyone to the airport at the beginning of a relationship. Why? Because eventually things move on and you don't take someone to the airport. And I never wanted anyone to say to me, how come you never take me to the airport anymore? Covering baseball actually gave Dan a new appreciation for how good Susan really was at her job. He didn't actually love the relentless grind of being a baseball beat reporter. Not like Susan did. So eventually, his bosses switched him to doing sports features. And that's when, from time to time, I would start going against Susan because I'd be writing about A-stars, A-trends. And that's when the clashes began. The real clashes. And now as uh, newspapers have downsized, it's wound up he has to cover the A's more and more because they don't have all the extra people that used to come out. He'll wind up even not necessarily covering games, but he had to cover the winter meetings this last offseason, which he hated. I love the winter meetings, but that's that's totally when I'm in my element and he's there having to cover it. That's when I think he started to get his ego a little bit <laughs> bruised. What was left of it? <laughs> okay, so you called them clashes, but so tell me about that. Like what actually happened? Well, I mean, one of the one of the famous ones is when I uh, our real A's writer was on vacation and the A's swung a major deal for Johnny Damon and. I had to jump in on the coverage, like, A's got Johnny Damon, here's how it happened, here's who they're getting back. And one of the keys was, can I get Johnny Damon on the phone for a quote? And I tried and tried and tried in the living room, and Susan's in the bedroom talking to Johnny Damon on the phone. (laughs) So my story, literally, it said, like, Damon could not be reached for comment, and hers had flowing quotes from Johnny Damon about how excited he was to be with the A's, and we were working 30 feet apart. So did you know that Susan was on the phone with Damon at the time? I don't think I did. I don't think you opened the paper and went, oh, shoot. I think you, you knew I'd talk to him. That was a very long time ago. But he was sitting next to me at the winter meetings this year when Jose Canseco said some really stupid stuff on Twitter and kind of caused a stir. And he was just sort of getting wind of it when he heard me on the phone going, okay, Jose, like, would, could you explain more fully what you meant by? And uh, he did not get Jose Canseco on the phone either. <laughs> Nor could I eavesdrop well enough to use any of the quotes. Has it created tension for you guys in your marriage? I mean, it, it must have. It's impossible for it not to. Every once in a while, he was at spring training um, this spring, and the A's had their top prospect. I found out that he had potentially a major injury, and I posted a story on the internet, and Dan was sitting next to me, and I said, I just posted a big scoop. You're, you're not going to be able to get it. So he was really grumpy for like the next 10 or 15 minutes, but I didn't want him to like waste a bunch of time. There was no way he was going to find out through the course I was, and I, I knew everybody was going to deny it, which they then did. And I still don't know where she got that scoop from. So I'm sitting next to her and I have to link in my story, like as the San Francisco Chronicle reported, with a link to her story. Wow. So as the San Francisco Chronicle reported, that's really harsh. Yeah. It's important to explain something here for listeners who don't know much about how newspaper sourcing works. And you wouldn't unless you worked in newspapers. Even as a married couple, you guys aren't going to share your sources with each other. You're journalists. That's just not what you do. Your sources are your bread and butter. And it doesn't matter if you said these vows until death do we part. No. 
you can't have my source book. There was the time um, Billy Bean is the famously the ace general manager. Did he, did he ask for, you asked for his phone number? So what or? happened was, uh, uh, this is a good one. The AP accidentally hit publish on a list of sports stars' phone numbers. And it kind of went out to anybody who worked on a copy desk at any newspaper ever. And so all these sports figures had to change their phone numbers. So the number I had from, for Billy Bean was now wrong. When he finally got back to me, and I, I was think I was calling the office phone or trying to go through the A's, he said, oh, yeah, Susan has my new number. Just get it from her. And I'm like, okay, Billy, talk to you later. And I told Susan, yeah, Billy just said to get the new number from you. And she goes, I, I, can't, I can't give a competitor a phone number. I said, Billy just said, this is how I should get the number, and she wouldn't do it. No. I had to get it from somebody else. Yep. I'm not going to give a competitor one of my sources' numbers. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's just not, I could not do it. Billy should have known better. Yeah, but Billy thought, whatever, they're in bed together, they can have some pillow talk, and she can just give him the phone number. I've got a good lock code on my phone, so he cannot get in there and look at my sources. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to crack it someday. All right, but I've got to ask, like, is it a little bit fun, too? A little bit sexy? Competing against each other? Having this tension? Having this rivalry? Uh, I don't find it fun. I'm a little territorial when it comes to my beat. I feel uncomfortable seeing my husband out there. Every time Dan's anywhere that I am in sort of a general public place, it's nonstop people going, oh, you guys are in the same place. Oh, wow. So that gets a little, a little old also. <laughs> Everyone thinks it's very funny because it used to never happen, but now it does quite a bit more often. Yeah, and in my case, there's the occasional benefit. I mean, I think, uh, you know, when I, when I meet some of the A's, I generally don't name drop. I'm usually kind of fending for myself, but um, I've run into players who are now with other teams, and Susan will have said, to, you know, say hi to Houston Street for me or say hi to Gio Gonzalez, and I will. And they're super gracious because they like Susan so much, but also it's kind of an entry for me. They're more cooperative with me than they might have been if I'd just been another dorky white guy with a notebook. So it's not all bad. (laughs) It's all bad. (laughs) We're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we'll find out what happened when Dan decided to write a newspaper column about what it's like being married to Susan. Hey, guys. Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. Okay, back to last December. That's when Dan and Susan were covering Major League Baseball's winter meetings in Orlando. 
The winter meetings are this big off-season event where all 30 Major League Baseball teams get together to talk business and do off-season trades and transactions. Susan was sitting next to me, like, kind of beating my brains in on the news. And that was fairly early in the winter meetings. And you could see by the expression on my face that I was already tired of it. And I just tweeted the photo and said, like, worst date night ever. And people reacted to the photo in a way I didn't expect. I mean, a lot of people liked it, shared it, like, got the joke. Like, they are competing husband and wife. This is the part where Susan's scoops Dan on the Pizzotti trade. But then... Dan ends up on the same plane back to the West Coast with Billy Bean. So what happened was at the end of that winter meetings, after I got my brains beat in, I was just by happenstance on a plane back with Billy Bean to the Bay Area as the A's made a trade. Lucky break. I get off the plane. I get a story from Billy. I said, can I get you on the deal? He goes, well, Susan's going to kill me. <laughs> I said, me and you both, pal. But um, here we are. And... Gave me a couple quotes and then said a couple more times, Susan's going to kill me. And before Susan could catch up, because I knew she could somehow, I sat and wrote the story in the baggage claim and then went home. This is when Susan sent that tweet that I told you about in the beginning of the episode. When he tweeted the link to the story with the quotes, I think I responded something like, divorce proceedings are imminent. So (laughs) I was not happy. My boss has said at the time, you should write about that. That's kind of a funny thing. And it was not funny in our household for a while. <laughs> not funny. Susan doesn't take losing. No, She's not used to it. I want to be like clear that I did have the trade first. <laughs> so the actual news I'd had first. He had the Billy Bean quotes. I'm talking here. <laughs> so it was too fresh to write about. But when we did our baseball season preview section, they asked me again. And I wrote it without telling her and then sent her the final draft and said, is this okay? And she said, no. Well, I just, you know, I'm a reporter, so I don't like being the subject of a story and it's a competing newspaper. So I said no a couple times. It took like a week or something. And he was like, yeah, I think it's pretty good. My editors really like it. Can you reconsider? And I said, well, I'll run it by my boss. You know, and I kind of thought my boss would say, no, I don't want something like that in the competition. And I said, if my boss doesn't like it, absolutely not. And my boss loved it. So he did not help me out there. I really, really thought Al Al was going to be my savior and he was not. You know, and it was sweet and funny, but I do like to tell people that Dan getting a quote from Billy Bean was such a big deal. He had to write a whole story about it. (laughs) (laughs) I have no rebuttal, Your Honor. (laughs) This is how Dan described Susan in the column. Susan Slusser is the formidable, competition-crushing A's beat writer for the San Francisco Chronicle. You don't mess with the sluss. When he was talking about his marriage, he said, it's husband versus wife, mano a womano, vying for the same news. It makes for terrible date nights. So obviously that column went viral on Twitter. How could it not? Dan thinks that it's because even though not every married couple competes against one another at work, every marriage has this kind of undercurrent of competition in it. And in the case of my marriage, apparently it's mini-golf. I think every married couple has some kind of rivalry in some field, whether it's Scrabble or dishwashers or whatever. You can be married and still kind of have a little edge somewhere in there someplace. Dan and Susan cross paths a lot more these days. Newspaper staffs are shrinking. Everyone's doing five jobs. They end up at the same place a lot. 
So do you talk to Susan when you go to the ballpark or is Susan just like laser focused and she's like, leave me alone? Yeah, we talk. I mean, I think when it's kind of game on, when the manager session is going on, when we're interviewing a player pre or post game, if I stick around for the post game, that's game face. You know, there's kind of no interaction. And we're not big chatters in the press box anyway when it comes to writing because you take so much focus. But when we first arrive, there's always the comedy hour of, hey, you're in the same place. Who's going to get the scoop tonight? I think Bob Melvin, the A's manager, uh, when I was at spring training, was uh, noticing how much faster Susan was at Twitter than I I was because we'd be standing there tweeting in front of him. Like, why don't you use the two thumbs like Susan does? You're getting beat right now. So there's always some kind of stuff, but... It's funny how the idea of competition has changed. Like, it used to be who files a story first, and then you read it in the newspaper the next morning, and now it's like, who can hit send on a tweet first? Right, which is silly, because really, it's all the same information, you know? So, like, if I I beat somebody who's on the same beat, like, by three seconds on a tweet, it's... You don't think it's silly uh, when you're... (laughs) I don't. If I come out to the ace to do a profile, she'll eventually read it, and she'll say, I hate you. And I mean, (laughs) just means so much to me. Yeah. And I get mad sometimes when he writes something really lovely and perfect on the A's. I think, gosh, why didn't I do that that way? I really love it, guys. I love that your love story is also a love story about newspapers. It makes me a little nostalgic. Yeah, it is. We both do do love our newspapers. So, yeah. And each other. (laughs) Second. That brings me back to our mini golf game. Of course, the stakes are a little bit lower than what Dan and Susan deal with every day, but it still mattered to us. By the 13th hole, we were tied. The competition was getting pretty fierce. And then to my surprise and chagrin, Nick pulled ahead. Boom! That's it. You won. One point game. It was a valiant effort, my love. I'm serious. It was incredible. Shut up. I played hard. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I just want to, you know, yeah. tell you that okay. Okay. it meant a lot so, to me. That was fun. It was fun. I'll play you again anytime you like. Maybe I'll win next time. Maybe you will. It's quite possible, my love. We could try air hockey next weekend. I don't like air Hi. hockey. Miss Pac-Man? Oh, yes. Let's play that. Okay. Yes. It's on. This episode was hosted and reported by Joe Piazza. Special thanks to Susan Slusser and Dan Brown, as well as Nick Astor. It was produced and edited by Ramsey Young, with additional editing by Tyler Klang and mixing by Tristan McNeil. The executive producers are Joe Piazza, Mangesh Hatikater, and Will Pearson. Theme song and original music by Tristan McNeil, with additional music by Andy G. Cohen and Lines and Scissors. For comments, suggestions, or to be part of the show, send an email to joe at committedpodcast.com. That's J-O at committedpodcast.com. Committed with Joe Piazza has been a production of the How Stuff Works family, produced in our studios located in Atlanta, Georgia. You can grab a copy of Joe's book, 
How to Be Married on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book.